0: What's going on, everybody? That's right. It's a brand new podcast brought to you by Cheesehead TV and 97.3 The Game. I am Aaron Nagler and I am joined by my new co host. Say what? Let's Bill ride. Strett. Bill, what's going
1: on, buddy? Negs, I- I'm glad that we're finally doing this, dude. I could not be more excited to one, be hanging out with you as much as we're going to, and two, yeah. getting to talk about how frustrating NFL Plus has already made Game Pass, <laughs> which had continued to tank
0: for the last like five years. So, Oh, Man, is this going to be a good time? It, See, this is exactly, <laughs> exactly why I wanted to do this podcast with you because you know, you know, you're one of us. You're one of those people who you like to go and look at the coach's film. You like to look at the, all 22 and break it down. And you Have know to. the pain, the pain that, the, especially just the knowledge of what NFL Rewind, Game Rewind, when they yes. very first launched was an amazing product. And then they slowly bastardized it, made it terrible, put it into Game Pass, put it in NFL.com, and now we've got the NFL Plus iteration, and it just gets worse every single year. The craziest thing is, for just to want to watch more football
1: and consume more NFL football, you wouldn't think they'd try to make it as frustrating to (laughs) view more NFL football than they do, but sweet Lord, they've decided to continue to frustrate us, but... I just got a sick, twisted love affair with this league. I mean, like, it I is, know, right? it, right. That's the worst relationship. Yeah. They take it advantage. Is. Of exactly. They take advantage of uh, yeah, it every single yeah. time. There's some songs about it. You know, like, I I wish I didn't tell my, <laughs> I wish I didn't
0: let my friends know
1: how much you mean to me. That's the yeah. NFL for
0: me. That's, that's a thousand percent. Well, you know, for those of you who are like, who, who are these yahoos? What are they talking about? It's beer and ball. That's our new podcast, because that's what we're going to do here. We're going to drink beer and we're going to talk about some football you know there's lots of lots of other Mm -hmm. outlets talking about all sorts of other nonsense including here at cheesehead tv i ain't shying away from it we we dabble in a lot of other subjects you know (laughs) but this podcast will be about football that's what we want to talk about and you know i think since we're probably you know mostly at the moment initially probably being viewed and listened to by cheesehead tv folks Mm -hmm. i probably have a, a few folks out there going who the hell is bill schmidt So, Bill, I I want you to give us the 30,000-foot view here and what your background is, how you came to love the game of football. Uh, I know you played at one point. Uh, Mm Can you tell folks about that? And then how you ended up at 97.3 the game and what your kind of path there was. So, I
1: love that. So, first off,
0: uh, I started as a pear-shaped
1: youth going to games with my Mm -hmm. dad. My dad had, um, through a roundabout way, uncle used to own a bar in Milwaukee. Right. So as as a bar in Milwaukee would have in the 80s was like 40 something tickets to the Packers games when they were there because it was that easy to have large quantities. Right. Yes, it was. So my uncle kind of, you know, distribute them around and everybody would have you'd have your two, you'd have your two. And my pops kept them to this day. He said for a long time, he'd sit there on the hill and be like, if I can ever get in there. I'm gonna keep them <laughs> tickets forever. So <laughs> I was I was a six-year-old kid when I first got to go to my first game. Packers, Eagles, uh, a six three Barn burner in 2000.
0: Oh, yeah, baby. I remember now, that game. You remember That's, it? Yeah, That's awesome. But wow, you were there.
1: Remember the second game that I was at a little bit better. That was the He Did What game. And Randy oh, Moss.
0: Nice. Oh, hell and yeah. Randy
1: Moss, Antonio Freeman, Favre, everybody going at it on Monday night. Catches it oh, off awesome. the back. It was fantastic. So man, I, I was looking for that
0: game. You were at Lambeau. So that's good. <laughs> I was
1: I had an ear infection and I was asking my dad, why are people leaving? The game's not over.
0: <laughs> well, they
1: they think they're gonna kick a game winning field goal. It's gonna be over, uh-huh. son. So that's what people do, beat traffic. So I I did that for you know, all of elementary school, middle school, just continued to be the bigger nerd that would watch any kind of oh, yeah. NFL. Uh mine was cool. NFL matchup. With oh, I love Sal Palantonio. Oh, hell right, yeah. Merrill Hodge and everybody. So I'd wake oh, up at yeah. seven that's on all, game day. That's the whole, yep, yep. Right after that, it went to the '96 VHS tape, watch it mm. before the <laughs> Packers game, and roll through from there, right? Because I couldn't remember right. it personally. I was born '94. Sure. So yep. I- I've just been hooked ever since, man. I played some i played high school ball at whitnell uh, grew up in the Milwaukee area, Greenfield, and then uh, really decided to have a life altering decision and moved to Waukesha for college because it was like 15 miles away. It was going to be crazy.
0: I that couldn't tell a my monster move.
1: It was great. It was wild. Nags. <laughs> I, I mean, talking to somebody that decided to go all the way to the big city in the East coast, yeah! Uh, yeah crazy move for me. Yep. Uh, Waukesha. Luck- luckily <laughs> played at Carroll for a few years. It worked out perfect. Cause I was able to intern at a, at a station that's now defunct, uh, FM or, uh, oh, yeah, 1250 at the time. RIP. Uh, and that was the first gig I got in radio. Was there, started interning my freshman year at college. Uh, was there through into 2020. And then got picked up by the game after the pandemic to keep talking some football. And I worked with uh, just about everybody at the station. Awesome. And now it's led to uh, the chance of a lifetime, they would say.
0: <laughs> to be able to say the
1: Packers Radio Network,
0: so I mean, it's I was gonna say and for York, watching or listening at home that you don't aren't aware, uh, Bill is the co-host of the post-game show there on the Packers Radio Network. You got to check it out, uh, each and every game co-hosting with Drew Olson, good mm-hmm. buddy of mine and somebody that TV fans and and listeners and viewers will know very well from both my hits with his show and then also hey, back, we we used to have uh, Bill uh, Bill Drew and KB on. Uh, during our postgame stuff here at cheesehead tv yes. it's very incestuous between cheesehead tv and the game but <laughs> as, as you said it is, I'm, it is. I, I, it's all about it's all about football in this podcast from here on out and l- l- let's dive into it let's dive into this this team that the packers have assembled in 2022 so far we got two preseason games in the book we got a handful of camp practices you've been there in and out uh both at practice and the games Overall impression, let's start at 30,000 foot view Mm -hmm. as far as, is there anything, and there might not be, but is there anything that you've seen live or, you know, at the games or maybe watching the preseason game in San Francisco, etc., that has surprised you or is different than what you expected coming in as far as all sorts of narratives form in an off season, right? Like throughout the summer, you're talking about XYZ and it's like, you have all these maybe preconceived notions about what the team is going to look like. And then maybe you get to practice or you get to these games and things are a little bit different than you expected. Is there anything in that regard or is it mostly kind of, nope, this is kind of what I thought we'd see when camp arrived a a little
1: bit. I I think the number one thing that jumps out is the want to pass the football and right. Like the fact Mm. that many people thought that they were just immediately going to go, All 49ers outside (laughs) wide zone, right? hammer down on play action, and that was gonna be it. Like that's just not how they're gonna play ball. I think the biggest one Aaron
0: Rodgers is in town, that's for damn sure.
1: Amen. Now, now your buddy Matt, I think would like to. I think he would prefer to run the ball a little bit more. But the the part of it that I was excited about, which I didn't think we'd see a lot of, was the amount that AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones have worked together, right? Like they're your two Aaron, they're your two best players on offense outside of the quarterback, right? Like as, as much as Alan Lazard has flashed as much as we all like Robert Tunyon, they're your two best playmakers. So the amount that they've seemingly been on the field together has surprised me. I knew that they were going to move Aaron Jones a little bit around, but they've been very open to having those two on the field, which I think is a, it's a great development for the team because they're going to need to, right? Like those guys are going to need to touch the ball it's on. And I did think that they were going to temper that expectation a little bit.
0: Well, and what I love about it is as a defensive coordinator, how do you react to that? Right. I mean, I'm I'm sure as the season goes on, there'll be some, a a little bit of tendency kind of gathered information gathering, but especially early in the year, like, do you respond in base? Are you going nickel? Do you want to line? Like, who? how do you yeah. match up? Are you matching up with two backers on those guys? You're, you're asking for trouble then. Amen. Or do you want safeties? And then all of a sudden it's, you know, let's say they put Aaron Jones in motion in that kind of orbit motion role and then, you know, pound A.J. Dillon between the tackles. I mean, there's so many different ways that they can attack you with those guys. Totally. Where If you're a D.C., you're thinking, okay, like, obviously, I got to protect the pass first because it's the quickest way to the end zone. But... Mm-hmm. You know there's zero doubt, especially with what we've seen so far in camp, that they'll they'll be more than happy if you want to sit back and, and protect so, so deep stuff, so to speak. they'll just run aJ up your gut. I mean I oh totally I, I think t- to me that's the kind of the more the most exciting part of those two being on the field together
1: and, and like how you're saying it for uh, however long Aaron's the quarterback, right like there right. there's a point in every great quarterback's lifetime
0: mm-hmm.
1: now Brady hasn't had it as successfully but he won't tell you that they won Super Bowl right. 50 right 53 because of the run game right bro you scored 13 points all right you yep. won because you ran the football because There's Fournette
0: games- like would rip off five six yards per rush Absolutely. oh yeah no doubt about yep.
1: it they were not the yep. same team back in 2020 until they started running it so I mean Manning yep. goes through this Elway goes through it all of them do yep. that a good run game is going to make your job easier Don't make your job harder, right? Like that's, that's the number one rule of football. Don't make my job any harder because then everybody (laughs) else's job becomes more difficult. If I don't do it right with, with the matchups that they can provide and take, I mean, teams are going to want to run dime. Like you're saying against Dylan and Jones. Thank you very much. I mean, good luck. Those road graders are just going to go all over you, especially if Jenkins and boxy are are on the squad to start out right away and, and play in week one or two.
0: I mean, let's let's talk about that for, for a second here because the offensive line has been an interesting kind of petri dish, I guess you could yeah, say, about no camp, as far as who they've run out there with the ones, right? We've seen everything from, you know, even Cole Van Lannan, if you want to go back to OTAs, you know, was running with the ones at times. We haven't seen that in camp, uh, I would say, thank goodness. But we have seen, you know, um, Royce Newman at tackle quite a bit. Uh, you know, we've seen Jake Hansen at guard, which is something I never want to see in any game that matters, but we've also seen Zach Tom out there and the rookie has certainly shown out. Um, where do you think as far as Jen- where do you stand when it comes to Jenkins? Because I know online, especially there's a lot of chatter about what the best five really is, right. And mm-hmm. where Jenkins should be playing in the, the thought process seems to be, you know, there's a split between, yeah, play him at tackle, which is apparently what the Packers are planning on doing uh, if and when he joins them for the team aspect of stuff, or, uh, you know, no, no, no. We've got to play him at guard because he that's his position and that's where he, he you know, wasn't all, or a pro Bowl sure. and that's where he should play. Yeah. I, I mean, I'd love to know where you come down. I'm not put him at right tackle. The position is too important. And, and oh, yeah. I, I, I don't really see a, a, a great, reason to keep him at guard, especially with how well Runyon's played at left guard.
1: Runyon has played him right out of that spot right now. Like if he could play right guard and walk in and just be an all pro too, <laughs> then OK, then we can have a conversation. But shit, just ain't saying it right. that easy, right? Like especially right. when you're training to be on the outside, wanting to be on the outside. And I, that's another part of this that has to be in, involved. And And I don't like to because people don't want it to be about money. Sometimes this business is about some money
0: right? Yeah, like, it is. And he's going to make a hell of a lot more at tackle than is at yeah, guard.
1: Those checks at guard just ain't the same as those ones <laughs> so when true. you're playing on the outside. Direct deposit and, hits
0: different, man. Oh, I'm telling you.
1: man. When you're signing that deal and it says 18 and then six zeros instead of eight and then six zeros, there's a conversation to be had. So I don't think he's right. going to want to go inside. I think he's going to want to play outside. Right. And I also think Playing him at right tackle is more important for this part next. If indeed, Boxiari is not ready to go, right? Like now, right. now the conversation with him being good or cleared off the PUP, that doesn't mean that he's good, right? Like that doesn't mean that right. he's ready to go right. and play. That means now we can have him practice and see how his knee holds up. Like yep. that's, that's the weird part yep. about this. And the, the frustrating one is there's still a, pa- a 21 day grace period before they can put him on IR and right. save him for another four games and still activate him. So I think that's why I want Elton
0: tackle. Well, Even if you're the talking Bakhtiari about can't well, wait, play, well, then he wait. goes over to left. Well, no, but that's the thing though. But Bakhtiari, now that he's practiced, he can't go on PUP for the regular season. Like, no, it. he'd have to like, go on IR. Got, he, he'd have to go on IR, which I uh-huh. can't imagine they're going to do. Like, you know, possibly, like to your point, maybe they put him on IR yeah. and then they bring him back, right? I can't, I just, I, Man, who knows? You kept hearing David at his lockers talking about taking it day by day, which they probably truly are, uh, yeah. as opposed to like where we get a lot of lip service in that regard. Maybe they are, but yeah, to your point, it's like I feel fine starting Yash at left tackle week one, mm-hmm. uh, especially if Jenkins is at right tackle. Right? I mean, there—that's that's at least something I can work with. Whereas, now, if you got Yash at left tackle and Newman at right tackle heading into Minnesota. Oh, and Zadarius Smith licking his chops. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not feeling I'm not feeling great about it. Well, and and I don't know what
1: because we, we don't get to see their film of practice and everything like that. Right. We get to see it right. on the side while we're hanging out with people that buy tickets. But <laughs> the the part that's tough is they obviously have seen something that Zach Tom's not ready to play a game out at right tackle. Right? Now I don't think he can play an entire season. But Nags, I think he can play, I think he can play a game. I, I think he could save you for sure
0: for a game yeah. the way he's, the and way that's he's probably protected. what they're thinking. Right. Right. I mean, you would think because uh, Royce Newman, I'm no sir. Great hair. Nice guy. no, no Sir. Cannot no. play
1: right. Tackle. should no, not sir. be playing right. Tackle.
0: I don't Now, see When it they moved him all.
1: inside, when they moved him inside that one cut up that Ben Fennel did of Tom right. and Newman driving him to the turf. Hey, yep. that looks sweet. That looks nice. I'm down
0: with that. I'm down can, to clown can, with that. Deal. I can. <laughs> yes,
1: amen to that. Exactly. Amen to I'm that. Down, Cause totally I, down. I think, I think Zach Tom's got a chance to be a real player for them for a while. I totally and, agree. But I also think that they're trying to put him through the TJ Lang curriculum and nice. well, write a li- Good pull. Nice. Pull. Right. They're going to make well you done. play every position, show right. that you can play every position. Well,
0: remember, what's so funny is there, TJ was a disaster at tackle. I don't think people remember. That yeah, was rough. Like a complete disaster. Mike Wall went through the same thing. Mike Wall was an mm-hmm. absolute a catastrophe at tackle and then became an all pro guard. Like sometimes yeah, it's a great you one. fit where you fit, you know? It's like, but I think I'm with you on Zach, Tom, as far as like yeah, you're just making sure that what you have got and seen in practice is holding up in the games. And so far, that is right. I mean, both games, he has looked outstanding out there at tackle. And yeah, to your point, I don't think you want him as your full time week one, like go from mm-hmm. week one through hopefully nope, the deep playoff run tackle, right? As your starter. But injuries are going to happen. That's life in the NFL. And it certainly looks like you've got a guy who can step in and you don't have to change the offense. You know what I mean? Yeah, you don't have to. You you remember like the days of Jason Spriggs coming in and it was just like, (laughs) look out on third. Third down was like a prayer. All lookout blocks. All All those
1: turned around saying, Aaron, (laughs) Aaron. Uh, anyway, I'm yeah. sorry about that one, buddy. We, we don't, we don't want the that. <laughs> the, the, the part of it that's the, – the thing that, about Tom that's funny, and, and this is super nerdy offensive line. That's what we're stuff. talking about. Yeah, Let's go. No doubt. I'm glad that I can finally do this. Beer and ball, baby. It. I'm not apologizing <laughs> for being nerdy about it either. No, How about sir. this one? I love the fact that for Tom, a smaller dude right. is probably better on the outside than he would be it's, on the inside. Dude, it's insane, right? It's it's so weird. You're not supposed to be able to do that. He's like when, 6'4", 4, 304, and he's
0: great outside. What? Probably wouldn't like him on inside, though. But that's the thing. Like, when you're standing there on the sideline, I'll never forget the first practice where I watched him, and I was like, I saw he wasn't even playing. He was just standing on the sideline watching the ones. And I was like, that guy's going to play tackle? Like, he there's nothing about his physical makeup Yeah, that says NFL tackle at Mm. all looks more like defensive tackle. Yeah, maybe. Right, exactly. (laughs) But he's just but then he gets out there. And as far as how he moves and his his hand usage and his footwork, Mm -hmm. and he just looks like an absolute natural. It's so it's bizarre.
1: His hands. His hands are really, really good. That's the biggest part. And man, that's what made Dave really, really good. Uh, Dave can move his feet. But when when Bakhtiari gets his hands on you, they're not coming off and nope. and that's not a hold that's a these are locked in on your chest you're not going
0: anywhere <laughs> not going anywhere wait i can't believe wait a second sir sir we are 18 minutes and 45 seconds into this podcast and we have not discussed your thoughts on jordan love i think we are contractually obligated as a packers <laughs> podcast yep to talk about jordan love board. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I—that's on me as the man who was driving this thing. I can't believe I didn't lead with that, sir. What everyone's are your getting thoughts? a refund. Yeah, everyone's we, getting we, a refund. I, yeah, absolutely. This this <laughs> podcast is completely free for everybody who's watching and listening because we did not start with Jordan Love. I kid a little bit, but sure. holy cow. What I mean, did we just forget everything that anybody ever learned during their transition from Favre to Rodgers? Like, and just as clarification, I am not saying Jordan Love is Aaron Rodgers. He never yeah. will be. No one expects him to be. But can we let it play out? And can we let the kid develop? And can we not completely condemn him before we watch what he does on the football field? Because, like, wow, there are camps there online where. People are ready to burn this kid like down, no matter what he does. Take,
1: yes, no it doubt. Blows about
0: it. my mind. Uh,
1: the other part of it nags that that I just don't understand is the thought process from like not believing there can be improvement, right? Like now, if you disagree right. with right. the improvement and how important it is, then I can right. get down with that a little bit and I can have the conversation. Mm-hmm. But there's more people that, to your point, decided in 2020 that he stinks on ice. And yep. in 2021, when he played in Kansas City and didn't play well, especially in the first half, I thought in the second mm-hmm. half, he definitely I did some yes. better things. I thought yeah, improved. Like, definitely. he improved. He started getting better. He had only yep. played nine quarters of NFL football. <laughs> like, he came into the NFL as a project. And no he doubt. is a project. Like, this is, this is where I get, I, I laugh at people with Mac Jones. Because people said Mac Jones was the most pro-ready quarterback not a great scene right (laughs) now going into year two everyone's like well we've we all messed up he should have been the number one pick he was way better than all these other guys no no he was better young those guys have more talent jordan has a lot of talent and he needs tons of talent he needs to have a guy like hopefully tom clements at least seems early like maybe tom clements to clean up his footwork and and teach him some more confidence because when he throws those balls on time and with some confidence. Uh, yep. I think Lafleur said violently was the way that he was throwing the ball. Right, He just looks more decisive, and that's going to yeah. be the biggest thing, is how clear and how long does it take for him to be very confident in everything he does. It seems like he's slowly getting more and more confident in some of the important stuff, but the more and more time that he gets on the field and, again, playing football, because the guy really didn't play a ton. He right. played two big years at Utah State
0: had yep. a coaching change and that kind of messed with his head. So, yep. Oh, and lost a bunch of guys like a ton, who were around NFL him, as guys far as, like his yeah. supporting guys. Yeah, 100%, 100%. So he so, you like, need some me, time to breathe. To me, it's like yeah, it's just just go back. And this is what I tell people all the time. Go back and watch Aaron Rodgers his first two summers. Yeah. I mean, you talk about a guy who just did not engender any kind of confidence. I'll I'll never forget all the people ready to burn Aaron Rodgers at the stake his first two summers, those camp practices, especially people were just like, Nope, Nope. he will never be Brett, blah, blah, yeah. blah. doesn't need to be Brett. And look, Jordan doesn't need to be Aaron. I understand we have been spoiled as a fan base for now, like decades, right? Mm-hmm. I get it. And, and that's not has... a bad thing to admit. No, no. And it's fine. Yep. And there's a standard that we have gotten used to, but look, you've got to be ready for whatever is next, whether that's Jordan or somebody else, like, you're never going to get Aaron Rodgers again, Mm -mm. just like you're never going to have Brett Favre again. Hopefully, also, we'll never get guys like, you know, Jim Zorn or David Whitehurst or Chris Campbell again. You know what I mean? Like, But can we let the kid develop and just actually talk about what we see on the field? That's all I care about. Like, And you cannot, uh, unless you are blind and or refusing to look at the evidence, you can't look at that performance on Friday night Look at the performance in San Francisco and say, look, there's a jump from week to week, Mm -hmm. let alone from last year to this year. And that's what you want. That's what blows my mind. I wanted
1: to see this week. I wanted to see Jordan tuck it under and believe in his feet. First play of the game. First play of the game. Great chance going. Does it right? I wanted to see him again. Test more deep balls off the line of scrimmage because Dobbs can beat people off the line of scrimmage. Now he can.
0: Holy cow, this kid. Yeah. I mean, he can,
1: I'm excited to see if he can beat ones and twos off the line of scrimmage, but he's beating threes and fours off the line of scrimmage. That's a good thing. So go and give him a chance. He does that. So one of my, one of my really good friends uh, does post games in San Francisco and Mm. huge Niner fan. Right. And everybody immediately says, wow, look at, you know, look at the Niners. They, they had Montana (laughs) and then young,
0: Right, and then right. what did
1: they have? They had crap. Well, not really. I mean, they had Jeff Garcia who went to a couple of Pro Bowls. Right. Yeah. Like it's it's not a Hall of Famer first ballot guy.
0: But he could play at a pretty damn high level in the and, NFL. Yeah. That's he pretty could damn play. impressive. And and he yeah. could
1: play in the playoffs, right? Like so yep. we you I, I urge people to not make these sweeping uh validations on quarterbacks. And I try, I say validations because uh Jared Goff, uh Carson Wentz. <laughs> Right. Um, right. Baker Mayfield, everybody wanted to give almost a hundred million dollars to, oh, man. But, right? Like it's either the guy is great. We've locked in. Let's give him a hundred million dollars. Now it's $200 million and it's right. fully guaranteed or yep. it's this guy stinks. Go back into the draft. See if there's a middle ground somewhere. Cause the middle ground does not keep you out of the playoffs and does not keep you from winning, playing, winning football.
0: No, a hundred percent. I couldn't agree more. Um, well, we talked about okay, Jordan Love, right? And you were mentioning the twos and threes and threes and fours, and I get all that. Yeah. So that brings me to the starters and the kind of the topic de jour, so to speak. And maybe by the time people are listening to this, Matt LaFleur has announced it, so who knows? But where do you, Bill Schmidt, football guy, where do you stand uh-huh. on the question? Do you play the starters on Thursday night in Kansas City? Because I know, wow, the media. My friends and former colleagues in the media Mm -hmm. will not let this shit go. And my brothers in Christ, (laughs) I am so sick of, is Aaron going to play? Are the starters going to play? What are you going to do, coach? Are are we going to play? My God. Okay, I'm just going to tell you where I stand first, and then I'll Mm -hmm. let you answer. But for where where I'm at, man, you really think two series in Kansas City, which is probably what they'd end up playing, Mm -hmm. is really going to make a difference. Now, especially since they have another week off, they have that mini buy, and then they come back and start getting ready for Minnesota, and then they kick it off in Minnesota. You really think that like 8, 12 plays you play in Kansas City is gonna make a difference? Like, I just to me, it's not the you talk about risk reward, it is not worth it. And I understand, you know, last year's debacle in week one mm-hmm. certainly plays into a lot of fans thinking, but man, I'm I'm sitting here and I'm saying. It's a long ass season. There's another there's another game now. It's not even 16 games, it's 17. Seventeen games. games. Yep. Man, you do not want to put your starters anywhere near that preseason contest. It,
1: Aaron, it's 17 games, and for some ridiculous reason, you get the first bye week before week one. Right? Like that's the part of it that I don't get. <laughs> right. Right. Like right. it's a longer right. season. We don't separate it out. So it's gonna be tougher either way. All, there's also like two and a half weeks between Kansas City and And September 11th. So how much does that carry over? I'm with you. I don't think a whole hell of a lot. I am in the camp, though, that if you're going to, as Matt LaFleur apparently said, Mm -hmm. um, we're going to have all our guys, right? All our guys are going to get their jerseys on. (laughs) We're going to practice. We're going to have a warm up. We're going to get ready for our game day experience and then make the determination there. No, if I'm getting dressed, I'm playing in the game. Now right. and and by from you know from my standpoint, I'm also with the quarterback here. I ain't playing three plays and not and going back right, in, right? Like, if you're
0: gonna and, play then play us play a series a quarter, play a couple play series a half, play a quarter
1: right. and yeah. get that get that out of the way and have it off the table. I don't think it makes a whole lot of sense, especially with the joint practices now. Joint practices are better than
0: preseason games. Ten like, times better. Yes. Dude totally agree.
1: being there and seeing the the physicality, the way sure they're not going to the ground. Guess what? that's for the birds, right? Like it's, it's practice. <laughs> These dudes are it's professionals. Precious. They'll talk about to practice. The ground. Yeah. Right. So right. I prefer the joint practice where I don't have to worry about young Thaddeus Moss making a, a legal play mm-hmm. and spraining my guys MCL for three or four weeks where I can keep everybody up. Nobody goes to the ground. Nobody gets hurt. Those are, those are three wins for a preseason game.
0: A hundred percent. I'm not playing no any
1: of those 30 guys. Now, maybe, like a Christian Watson, if he's ready for team drills and you want to get right. him out
0: there, then Especially I with all the guess? time he's missed. I, I yeah. get it. Like, I get it. But, but dude, oh, I'm glad you Adrian brought that Amos. up. I'm glad you brought that up because this is beer and ball, and we're going to talk some ball here that maybe is related. But can we just stop with this dirty play idea? Are you fucking kidding me? I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. I didn't watch the game live, but I woke up, and my entire Twitter feed was, like, a seemingly split between, like, no, this is football, and no, this is a dirty play. Like that is football, a hundred percent. Not only is it legal, it's mm-hmm. like the kid, the guy is doing exactly what he's been coached to do. It's not his fault that you know the 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 rookie curls up, hedges his bet. I don't yeah. know what he's doing. Good there. way to put it. But like, yo, that's football. He is 100% a hundred percent in play. the right to do what he does, and everyone's saying he's quote aiming for the knee. He's like, if you watch it, he's diving for his thigh pad. Just like he's been taught, it's not his fault the offensive player changes his stance. That's not on the defensive player. No, Kayvon Thibodeau's
1: got to either get out of the way, move his right leg that gets caught up underneath, or say, all right, bet, you want to go low, I'll go lower. Well, there's the other thing.
0: There's the other thing. Mm -hmm. What what have we been taught in football since football began? Since I was born, since I knew how to talk about football and what the, the sport was all about, Low man wins.
1: Amen. Low man wins. That. Yep. Still about low that.
0: man wins
1: and, and like low you, man won. Yeah. And you're going to get upended. Like a, a cut block is either going to take out, as you say, the thigh and just blow mm. through somebody, right. take out somebody's shin, which really isn't going to be all effective because he's going to laugh at you and probably you, go make the you play just jump
0: right over you and go make yeah. the tackle. Exactly. But
1: instead Thibodeau's like, I could jack this guy up or maybe I'll stay here and, and oh, now my knees up underneath me. Like, Yep. I hate the guy got hurt. I absolutely it hate sucks. that young, it cool players sucks. get hurt. But
0: you, but you know who gets hurt? Football players mm-hmm. every single day, every week, every week football.
1: And I can't be, I can't feel bad for Kayvon Thibodeau and not feel bad for Thaddeus Moss because that cat's trying to make exactly. a team, right? Like kayvon has got a it. signing
0: bonus of twenty million. I'm not all Thank that you. worried about for him. And Ma, and like he's doing what he's coached to do. Yes. Like I, I just yeah. Dayball no, said just,
1: it. I think right after the game, he's like uh. Yeah, we got like six plays that—that's exactly what's supposed to happen to our guy too. So
0: a billion percent, we're not upset about it. Can't be. No, nor should they be. Uh, Yeah, I'm very glad he said that. All right, uh, Bill. This is this uh, half hour has flown by. I mean, we may may make this an hour long going forward. Who knows? But for the inaugural maiden voyage, I think a half hour is good, and it's been great talking uh, talking ball with you and drinking some beer and uh, I've loved every second. Every every week we're going to be doing this. Yeah, no doubt every... about it.
1: And and the, the other part of it that I'm excited for is we can still gripe about line play and somebody won't make the sick joke of oh, let's get the let's get the fat guy's idea about it. <laughs> Because I mean, let's be honest. That's that's one of the only reasons why people like listening is this guy actually cares about the three hundred pounders. Nobody else does. You do, and you're not big. I, that's a good. I, well,
0: I don't know. It depends on. I don't know. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm getting bigger. How about that? I'm I'm working towards it. How's that? How about this? You're
1: not in mid season form
0: yet. Now, yeah, everybody everybody gains left. a good a twenty
1: pounds left. during football season. That's just, oh my gosh, that's how it goes. Well,
0: I'll be basically sitting here drinking beer for the next six months. So yeah, you're you're you're, you're not off. You're not off a, at all.
1: Isn't this life stupid that we get to do? We get to come on it's, here and talk to people about the Packers. It's so much fun. I,
0: I love it. I love it so much. Bill Schmidt, you can catch him at 97.3, the game, post-game show every week yes, sir. on the Packers, Packers Radio w. Network. That's what I'm talking about. Bill, thanks so much, buddy. I'll talk to you next week. Later next.